Hello. As some of you may know, my cousin Andrew Roberts is a Flutie Fellow, which is a part of the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. This has inspired me to get involved with the Flutie Foundation, which helps people and families affected by autism live life to the fullest. If you're a football fan like myself and Andrew, consider buying a Flutie Flakes Mixed 12 Pack for your next tailgate. All proceeds go to the Flutie Foundation, and the link to purchase is in the description of this episode. The annual Flutie 5K is on October 16th at Lookout Farm in Natick, Massachusetts. If you'd like to run to support this cause, the link to register is also in the description of this episode. Finally, if you would like to contribute to this cause directly, the link to donate to the Flutie Foundation is the first link in the description of this episode. Please help me and Andrew support this great cause. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski. Joining me once again, my cousin, Ithaca undergrad, Andrew Roberts. Andrew, welcome. How's it going? Good so to be on the show again. Yeah, so fantasy season's got, it's underway. And there have been some rookies who have been... Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, seriously, a lot of players who have been just kind of stellar. I'm not going to lie. Um, we're here to talk about those guys today. Um, we're going to start off with the running backs. Andrew has the list, so he's going to announce the player. Um, and we're gonna just going to talk about them, talk about what they're bringing to the table thus far. And what they could bring to the table in the coming coming weeks of the season, um, and it, we're only going to be talking about those who have played um, snaps. Some of the top rookie prospects who have played snaps. Oh. So, guys who are injured, coming back from injury or whatever, don't count because we haven't. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing to judge these people on. That being said, let's rock, let's roll, and let's jump right into it. Andrew, who's our First running back. All right. So before we get to the main list, do you want to give a quick mention? He hasn't played yet this week, but did play last week. James Cook, not the greatest of starts for him. He fumbled in his first and one of his only snaps last week. But I am looking forward to him potentially in the future being able to redeem himself, get a bigger role in the Bills' third down running back job. Uh, but right for right now, I don't think he's going to be playing that much. First on our list, who has played both last week and this week, is Brees Hall. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's hasn't had he hasn't had like he's been sharing with Michael Carter so far, so that's limited his workload. Mm-hmm. But in the limited workload he's gotten, he has definitely made the most of it. Yeah, very efficient out of the backfield yesterday and. Caught a receiving touchdown. He had a lot of targets week one, too. Yeah, he had, he had a yeah. I mean, he had six catches in week one. So yeah, that's pretty. That, that's a lot for a for a, uh, a running yeah. back. And yesterday he he went seven carries for fifty yards, which it's in, I mean that's seven yards a carry, which is insane. Yeah. I mean that's not that's not chump change yeah. right there. 
like he he's an efficient kind of back who can make the most out of limited work. And they were talking early in the offseason that Brees Hall's going to be the guy eventually. Once he takes over, and I could see that happening at this point with him being this efficient. It could be a couple weeks from now that he takes over. And once that happens, he could be putting up RB1 numbers. In the meantime, solid flex, maybe a low-end RB2. But I think he's eventually going to get to the point where he can be producing top 10 numbers. Yeah, it all kind of depends on this on this Jets offensive line, I think. Um, yeah. And how, and how well that and so how turns out. How much they want to involve Michael Carter and also how much they want to involve the running backs in the past game. Because if they, right. if they still involve Carter, but they are throwing to both running backs, then Paul can still have a very prominent role. You know, here's what I think, though. I think, like... I don't think they're going to overuse Brees Hall this year, which is something that, you know, as fantasy managers love to have their running backs be, you know, basically worn through. <laughs> so the season, you know, so they can get as many carries and whatever. And that, and by the way, that makes sense. It's very, I don't know if I call it insightful, but it's very, you know, it's, 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 it's what we want to have happen. Right. Yeah, but like, I think this is a guy, like I see Nick Chubb in him, like Chubb, did not have many carries this week, but he still had a huge fantasy game. He had three touchdowns. He had a decent number of rushing yards. Last week, he had like 150 yards on, like, I don't think he had that many carries. So, mm-hmm. like, if Brees Hall can become one of those guys who's just hyper-efficient, then he will be a week-to-week reliable option. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. It's definitely going to be interesting. I think he's, I mean, there are two Jets running, uh, two Jets rookies, excuse me, that I, that I like so far this season so it's been um definitely been an interesting start i'm looking forward to uh i'm looking forward to seeing more you know what i'm saying i'm looking forward to to seeing more of this team for sure more of these rookies and and more of Brees hall for sure all right Uh player number two got damian pierce now last week it was looking like he was losing third downs and even goal line situations to Rex Burkhead. But this week seemed to split third downs with Burkhead, and he was more involved on early downs. Lovey Smith said going into the week, like, you, you know he's a coach that likes his workhorse running back, and he wanted to get Pierce more involved. And we saw it right away this week, and the Texans were in kind of a negative game script. It was against the Broncos. But once the Texans have some easier defensive matchups for Pierce to take. Right. I mean, next week, next week they take on the Bears. So it's definitely an opportunity to start Damian Pierce. Yeah, there's going to be games where Pierce could have, like, a huge week in a favorable game script. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, he's he got 4.6 yards per carry against – Definitely. A good Broncos defense. So you look at that and you put them against the Bears, who just basically got run through last night by the yeah by the um <laughs> by the Packers. And yeah. you know you, you think to yourself, well, looks like Damian Pierce probably is going to have a big game. I mean, that's that's at least my um my take. I mean, he's his carry numbers are pretty good. Eleven versus Indy and fifteen versus Denver. Which are pretty good. I mean, if he starts racking up a couple touchdowns, I think that's when you're slowly going to start to see him become a a a, 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 a running back two, maybe even a a, a a low end running back one if he really can can jump 
jump yeah. over a few hoops. I think he's an RB2 on a good week. Otherwise, maybe a little on flex play. But on his best weeks, he is going to put up some big numbers. Yeah, I expect that. Player number three, Andrew, take us through it. All right, we got Kenneth Walker here. So he was injured week one, comes back to the field this week. And he could not have the majority of the carries. And quite honestly, it was not a favorable game script for running backs for the Seahawks. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I I have Rashad Penny. So I know that this game was just, it was just bad overall. Um, Yeah, however. Not a good running back game. Kenneth Walker had three targets. It seems like they're favoring him on third downs as opposed yep. to Rashad Penny. And you, you, like, I feel like in PPR leagues, having that third down role can give you the potential to be the most valuable running back in the backfield. I think Walker eventually is going to have more value than Penny. Like They call Penny the workhorse. I think early down workhorse, I could see it, but Kenneth Walker is definitely going to have kind of a change of pace and pass role and that could be enough to be at least a flex play if not more yeah absolutely no i i like kenneth walker i have rashad penny i do think that rashad penny's very good i wish you know they would actually run the ball a little bit more efficiently effectively but other than that i mean think with Pete carroll they would well i mean that you think with geno smith starting at quarterback you'd run the football quite a bit but yeah I mean, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Gino's good. I mean, listen, Andrew, I, I, I'm i not the head coach here, right? But yeah. if it were me, I'd be running the football. You drafted Charles Cross, and, you know, you have – And you drafted Kenneth Walker, and you re-signed Penny. So. Yeah, and you have a decent run, you know, run scheme. And, you know, again, you're starting Geno Smith at quarterback. It's not like you're starting, you know, MVP Aaron Rodgers. Like, it, two different scenarios here. So, yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> our next rookie receivers make the Packers receivers look ridiculous. But... Yes. All right, our next rookie. Right, so, rookie. Yeah. Excuse next me. up, who do we go to next year? All right, let's go. Let's start with Ty Davis Price. Well, now with Elijah Mitchell out, it looks like Jeff Wilson has a share of yeah. the 49ers backfield with Jeff Wilson. Um. I think it's about a 50-50 between the two of them. Now, Davis, you would think maybe, yeah, that's like a flex play, something like that. Now, if Davis Price has a big week, takes over this backfield, you know how the 49ers like to use a hot hand. He could be in for some big weeks. Well, that and also, I mean. To have him on your roster. Well, that and with how often 49ers running backs get injured. I mean, it, he could be the starter by week five. Like, I know. So, However, yeah. I know you have Trey Lance out. I know you have Mitchell out. But Debo Samuel is still a significant part of this run game. I think he's going to get as many carries as Wilson and Davis Price. And that could create a kind of situation where it's a three-way committee of sorts. So I think right. unless Davis Price – like, I don't like three-way committees. Unless Davis Price can take over the backfield and, like – have the hot hand, then I don't see him being worth a fantasy start. If he gets to that point, then put him in your lineup. So I'd say for now, stash him on your bench, see what happens. But, yeah, it, it could go a number of ways in the Snyder's backfield. Yeah, I mean, you have to remember that they're going to essentially run the same offense as last year. They're not going to change very much. So, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and to wrap up the running backs, Tyler Algier. Now, week one was pretty much irrelevant, but week two had just as many carries as Corderell Patterson. I think I believe it was 10 carries for about 30-something yards. So not that efficient this week, but seeing that he's starting at backfield might signal that he's worth a pickup. And I think, like, Patterson here, he started the year as a every-down workhorse. He was getting the early downs. He was still getting his receptions. I think, like, now Algier started – I feel like Algier – over these next few weeks is going to take over that early down job. But Patterson could still be reliable as like the RB2 slash number two receiver in Atlanta. But the backfield roles are changing, and Algier is carving one out here that could be at least somewhat fantasy relevant. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I I do like Cordero Patterson, but, you know, who knows what the Falcons are thinking at any time of yeah. the week. Yeah, everyone was talking about Pierce and Algier as, like, the two sleeper rookies this season. I think Pierce has cleared Algier at this point, but I th- he could eventually catch up. Mm-hmm. I think there's it's possible that happens, yeah. yeah All right. So, wide receivers. I, I think got to start here with Drake London. Yeah, the guy who's yeah. been just the best. Yeah, he... As we expected. Now, a lot of people were a little bit hesitant to draft him because they were like, oh, it's the Falcon, it's Marcus Mariota. But he, as expected, has been the number one receiver for the team right away. And last week, about 20 points. So I think even in a questionable offense, Drake London is going to have a significant fantasy role. I'm comfortable with him as even like, a WR2, WR3 on my team. Yeah, and I mean, listen, it was either him or Pitts who were going to get the targets this season. And, yeah, it, and it seems like Pitts isn't getting them. Like, Pitts, everyone was hyping him up. But I think it seems like London is adjusting quick. Like, they both obviously played at great colleges. I feel like London is adjusting quicker to, like, a less... It's like, Pitts needed the college quarterback Kyle Trask was to become like the dominant force he was in his final year of college. Whereas Drake London, I mean, obviously good in college, but his skills are translating very quickly into the NFL. And he's working well with Marcus Mariotti. He's working well with the Stockets offense. I think moving forward, he's definitely going to be a name on the rest. Yeah, I mean, I like Drake London. I think he's very good. And honestly, I don't know why he's getting so many targets on this Falcons offense, but for whatever reason it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a good thing. I was watching just a little bit. I'm not like a huge tape watcher, but I was watching the Chiefs headed into the NFL draft. And this, like, raw talent as Drake London has more than just about anyone in this rookie class. He is just a big physical receiver. He's good in contested catches. Like, yeah, he's, he definitely has the skill set to be an elite wide receiver. Absolutely. On the Falcons, he could be limited, but I think he's at least a good number two receiver for your fantasy team at Mm -hmm. this point. All right. 
Next up on the list, I have Garrett Wilson. I own him. I own him. Yep. All He's right. on my fantasy team. Yeah, everyone was saying, or at least the reports, like I was thinking it would be like a split between Moore and Wilson until these reports came out. Everyone was saying Elijah Moore is the guy on the Jets, and he's going to be the number one receiver in this offense. Now, like I think the offense can sustain multiple good receivers. I'm not saying it can't. I think the hey, if Joe Flacco keeps very, playing like that, you never yeah, know. Joe Flacco's been great, and like this is without Zach Wilson. They're, once Zach Wilson, like they're gonna wait for him to be like 110. percent Once he's back, he could have a second year break out of his own. So Garrett Wilson, as the number one receiver on this team, could be in for a huge role. I think like. London was kind of pulling away from the other rookie receivers early in like fantasy ADP rankings, but I think Wilson, once he establishes himself as a true number one in this Jets offense, is going to be right up there with Trey London. Yeah, I mean he's awesome. I, th- I mean, if you watch him in college, he's so talented, and he just has like I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of potential for him to be like a a really yeah. solid flex wide receiver two option. Yeah. Now, like. Is he does he have more competition than one here? Yes, he does. Moore and Davis are pretty good, but he's still out targeting them significantly. I also feel like he has he has better um better quarterbacks. You know, a better quarterback play just in general. Yeah, I mean Flacco and Wilson I do feel like are better at least as passers than Mariota. Mariota has the mobility over Joe Flacco, but but you know when we're talking about wide receivers, we don't really yeah, care when about. Yeah, we're talking that. about receivers. Flacco is the better guy to have. Yippers! All right, next wide receiver. Yeah, Chris Olave is the next one on my list, and kind of a quiet week one. It was looking like Thomas and Landry were going to be the main targets for Winston in New Orleans, but this, but I mean, there were reports in camp that Olave had the chance to lead the team in targets, and I think. They're, they're easing him in, but it was starting to look like in week two he was carving out a prominent role in that offense. I think he's definitely surpassed Landry. He's like probably the one B at this point alongside Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be a good flex play moving forward. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. It kind of depends on on Jameis. Uh, he didn't really have a great game against Tampa, but I feel like he's. He's go big or go home, so I feel like he could definitely have some yeah. big weeks, you know? Yeah, if you look like Winston wasn't having his best week, it's the Bucks defense. Maybe give him a pass. If this continues, then you might have to start getting concerned about Winston. But I'll give him a pass for the Bucks defense, especially because they know him. Mm-hmm. And Olay may not have had the results you're looking for in this past game, but he was targeted a ton like you, you, at halftime i think he had like seven targets and only caught two of them by the second half he was starting to show some more mm-hmm. real production but yeah I, the, the potential he has to improve once winston is having better games and yeah i i think it's huge and to remind you like what i did here is winston was playing in like, he got a little hurt week one. He was playing an immense back pain. So, once he's fully healthy and once he's not up against the Buccaneers defense, mm-hmm. Chris Olave 
could be in an even bigger role here. Yeah, I mean, he could be good. We'll see. Uh, it's hard to tell. There is competition there, but yeah. we'll see. And I think he could be a big play guy, too. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry are more of a safety net for Winston. Olave is the guy you hurl it down the field to. So that could be significant. Might lead to a little inconsistency, but he's a guy who can win you your week, I think, once he gets it going. Mm-hmm. All right, next up. All right, now, this is kind of those, – those were like the big three receivers. I'll give a quick mention to Traylon Burks, too. He played a bit week one, hasn't played yet week two. Now you're kind of moving down into like those B-tier receivers from this year's draft. But one who has showed, I mean, despite limited usage, a lot of promise is George Pickens. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think – Pickens, he hasn't been targeted that much because, you know, you have Deontay Johnson, you have Chase Claypool, but he's made the most of those targets. You know, a 23-yard reception last week. I don't think he's quite there yet, but he definitely has a bright future. I think as of right now, he's worth a bench stash in case that breakout happens in, like, the second half of the season. He could be a great guy to start in playoff matchups if that's the case. But if not... Definitely next year, be on the lookout for him to have that year two breakout of sorts. Yeah, also Romeo Dubs. I mean, he, you know, he's had a kind of a slow start, but I do feel like he can definitely get it going here in week week three or and beyond. Yeah, we can move on to the Packers receivers, both Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, the two rookies. Now, like Aaron Rodgers right now, it doesn't look like he really has a number one receiver. You've seen Lazard getting a few targets, Watkins, Cobb, mm-hmm. Dobbs, Watson, Dobbs and Watson, like all kind of in the mix here. Now, like Lazard, he's okay. Watkins, okay. Cobb, okay. but like I think if Watson or Dobbs can break away as the number one receiver here, that's that right there is like top 20 upside just because of the fact that you have Aaron Rodgers at QB. Now, Dobbs has been looking better so far, Like, and he was good in camp. He's gotten a lot of hype, but Watson was still drafted higher. He was injured most of camp. Once he's fully healthy, I think he's just as likely to break out as that number one. And like, we don't really know who it's going to be yet. So, like, for now, you don't want to be starting these guys. I- I'd say, like, you keep Watson and Dobbs on benches. And then once one of them establishes themselves, going to be a weekly locked-in starter for fantasy teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I... There's a lot to like, I think. Yeah. And rookie class is showing up. Yeah. Last guy I'll mention. Well, I, I mean, we gave a quick shout out to Burks. I'll give a quick shout out to Kyle Phillips before we get to this guy. Yeah. Because Phillips was in a prominent slot role in week one. I could see that continue on until Woods or Burks emerges. We talked about him in the waiver wire episode last week. I'm going to be curious to see what Phillips does tonight because. He could definitely be a reliable PPR option. But the last guy I want to talk about is Jahan Dotson for the Washington Commanders. Now, Mm -hmm. Dotson has been a big 
red zone target these first two weeks. I believe he has three total touchdowns now. But I do want to warn people about Dotson. I'm not as huge on him as some other people are. Yes, he was taken in the first round by the commanders. But I just don't think on an offense run by Carson Wentz, there's room for him to have a regular fantasy role because McLaurin and Curtis Samuel are out-targeting him. And McLaurin's like your true number one here. And then Samuel's kind of like your slot guy, and he also has some rushing. Dotson's just getting those red – he's getting those red zone touchdowns. And that's – Like Samuel's like kind of like – Quite honestly, right now, Samuel's like the number two running back and number two receiver on this team all at the same time. So I give him some relevance, give McLaurin some re- relevance as the true number one. Unless Jahan Dotson can somehow overtake Terry McLaurin as the number one receiver in this offense, I don't think it's time to pick him up just yet. Which, by the way, <laughs> which, by the way, that was as not going to happen. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I mean, unless. Like, like, I don't know if you remember back 2019 when McLaurin was first breaking out. Like everyone, it was there was a lot of hype about McLaurin and Shark, and McLaurin's kind of kept it up. Shark's kind of fallen off. If McLaurin had that kind of drop off, then maybe we'd consider John Dotson. But yeah, I, I you know he is. Yeah, I don't he's think got him his big money at this point. He's established himself as top 15ish receiver in this league, mm-hmm. and he had. A pretty decent game against or where I don't like like on the Lions. Though AJ Brown did so like you gotta give some credit to AJ Brown just completely tearing up the Lions number one corner last week. So yeah. I think the whole thing like the the whole thing with McLaurin like struggling somewhat against this Lions defense. I think I don't think I don't think Amani or where I and the Lions defense are that bad. I think it's I think it has more to do with AJ Brown being really good than it does with McLaurin being yeah. a bust. So I wouldn't be avoiding scary Terry just yet. Alright. Well folks, there you go. Thank you to Andrew for joining me once again this week. He'll be back next week. Big Patriots win this weekend. Um, oh, yeah. I was real excited to see that. It was a great game, great win. Yeah. Looking forward to hopefully getting another one next week. That would be that would be awesome. Um, yeah. We shall see about that. Um, you know, overall, again, Flutie Foundation, that's what these episodes are supporting. Links in the bio to donate. Please donate. Flutie Foundation, Flutie 5K coming up October 16th. Lookout Farm. So if you're in Massachusetts, maybe stop by, register, run. It's a lot of fun. It's a great time for a great cause. Thank you all for listening. Andrew's got to go do his laundry. I've got to go do work. And you have just listened to another episode of The Master Plan. Thank you and have a great day.